Hey everybody, welcome to this special bonus episode of No Such Thing as a Fish, recorded in the BBC during a live broadcast of The One Show, a massive BBC show if you haven't heard of it overseas. We were in another room doing a live recording and all of our subjects matched what they were talking about live as the show was going out. You can actually go onto BBC iPlayer and watch that episode. You'll see footage of us, you'll see us giving them facts to talk about during the show, but here's what we did during that show. Have a listen. If you're new to us, please go and listen to all our other episodes. Episodes. Uh, if you're a regular, tomorrow there will be a normal episode. And uh, yeah. Okay, on with the bonus episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of No Such Thing as a Fish, a weekly podcast this week coming to you from the BBC studios in central London for our one-off The One Show special. My name is Dan Schreiber. I'm sitting here with James Harkin, Anna Chizinski and Andy Murray. We'll also be joined for a quick cameo by hosts of The One Show, Alex Jones and Matt Baker. So here we go. We've once again gathered around the microphones this time to discuss topics featured on tonight's episode of The One Show. And in a very particular order, here we go. Starting with you, James Harkin. Okay, uh, my fact is actually about The One Show, and it is that the total number of hours people spent watching The One Show this year is the same as the total number of hours that have passed since humans left Africa. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of hours. How many, so, many hours? Yeah, yeah, how many is it? Oh, come on. Right. <laughs> and, so, and what's that in minutes? Sorry. <laughs> so this is a bit of back-of-the-envelope kind of work that I did based on the idea that it's a half-hour show. And um, Would you no- say it took you more or less long than that to work it out? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I have been doing all day. And um, yeah. But yeah, um, about 4.2 million viewers, isn't there, per show, and okay. um, it's on almost every day, uh, and that's the total number. That's about crazy. 60,000 yeah. years. That is astonishing. I got told a slightly similar, th- uh, similar thing a while ago. So John Lloyd, uh, for those who are listening, that's the creator of QI. He used to make a show back in the day which starred Rowan Atkinson called Not the Nine O'Clock News. A bunch of other people, but Rowan Atkinson was in it. Um, and they, were, they basically they did four series, 27 episodes, and every episode had about 32 sketches in every episode. They were asked to make eight new episodes compiling all the best episodes. So John wanted to find out how many permutations there could be of that. So he asked a mathematician friend of his, and the Mm -hmm. guy came back and he said, listen, it's quite a big number. In fact, the number I've come back with exceeds the number of particles in the observable universe. (laughs) That's how big that number was. That's why you never ask a mathematician anything. (laughs) It was just for the actual working out, it was 10 10 to the power of 82. Oh, it's only just over the number of particles in the known universe, which I think is about 10 to the 79. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just casually know that. (laughs) You just happen to know all the number of particles. (laughs) You counted them. That's awesome. So TV facts, I think that's... Well, I wanted to... So um, I believe one of the presenters of The One Show today used to present Blue Peter, and I read a really good thing about Blue Peter, and I can only find it in one book that's called TV's Strangest Moments, but it's uh, (laughs) Blue... It's about Blue Peter in the 1970s. Uh, it was when it was being hosted by um, someone called Ben Folk. And oh, hang on, I'm just going to cut you off for a second. Uh, we were about to go live to the one show uh, with the hosts Alex and Matt. <laughs> well, listen, if you do like a fact, you are in luck tonight because watching the short live from the depths of the BBC are the researchers from QI. 
also known as the QI Elves. Now, they're obsessed with facts and will spend the next half an hour adding their own weird and wonderful trivia to tonight's programme. And you'll be able to listen to what the Elves actually have been up to via a podcast that will be on the One Show Facebook page. So, um, we're going to interrupt them right now. James, if you can hear me, can we have a One Show fact, please? Hi there. Yes, you can. Um, my fact in our podcast, in fact, is that the total number of hours people spent watching the One Show this year is the same as the number of hours that have passed since humans left Africa. Okay, so I believe before that I was talking about Blue Peter. So oh, yeah. there was an episode of Blue Peter in the 1970s and the special guest was an eagle owl and the piece was about how eagle owl and eagle owl pet got along really well with this mouse and it had befriended it and how like if you have an animal in captivity then uh, you know what you would have thought would be their instincts are overcome and so the owner of the eagle owl brought it on and um, there was this so apparently the script went uh, the host was saying amazing so the eagle owl sitting there and it was playing with the mouse between its claws and the mouse was running around underneath its feet and the eagle owl was just looking down and the host said that's amazing because in the wild of course they would be natural enemies and then he was interrupted at that moment by the eagle owl throwing the mouse up into its mouth and swallowing it at which <laughs> oh point God. apparently the producer just said Okay, take two, Blue Peter Eagle Owl, without the mouse this time. <laughs> I think this recorded it saying, the mouse couldn't make it today, but he's very good friends. That was, there's an outtake, a very famous David Attenborough outtake, where he's talking about the incredible sonar of bats, and that it's impossible that a bat would ever fly into your head, and literally, as he's saying it, a bat just smacked him in the face. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, can, I, can I tell you a very favourite uh, recent TV fact of mine yes. that I read? Um, so a fan noticed this when they were watching TBS in America. So one of my favorite shows is Seinfeld. So obviously when you're doing TV shows, adverts are the thing that makes your channel money. And they decided very randomly to subtly speed up episodes of Seinfeld <laughs> so they could fit more ads into the show. So they sped it up by 7.5% uh, and they managed to get two more minutes of ad space wow. into it. Yeah. But Seinfeld sounds like he's on helium the whole time, presumably. <laughs> yes, exactly. Very, very That's timely, how the fan yeah. noticed. I yeah. am currently watching Seinfeld and Veep at the same time, and I'm getting Julia Louis-Dreyfus whiplash, because she's in both shows, oh, but yeah, about yeah, 20 yeah. years Hang on. apart. So you're if you're watching, watching them, them at, at the same, same time, time, do you have to mute one while you watch the <laughs> other? <laughs> Sorry, I'm not more. watching them at the same time. I'm, going, I'm watching an episode of Veep and then one of Seinfeld. Right. Yeah. Um, um, I have a fact about sort of early television and okay. early uh, development of television. Um, so the first ever TV show was in Selfridges in London. Okay. Yeah, it was a demonstration by John Logie Baird, who invented the television, in 1925. And the images that they depicted were called shadowgraphs. Ah, How cool is that? Yeah, that and the cool. they, he said the device was called a televisor. Yeah. There are all sorts of amazing names from the early days of television that we don't have anymore. That Shadowgrass is cool. We should mm. still use that. Yeah. <laughs> Watching Shadowgrass on the one show today <laughs> yeah. is what we're doing. Actually, on that Selfridges moment, um, I love the fact that I think that was in 1928, and he was selling his televisors at the time, and there was nothing to be watched on them because the first broadcast wasn't until 1929. <laughs> but a bunch of people bought them. So a bunch of people <laughs> just bought televisions going, I bet these will come in handy That's one day. Amazing. It's a bit like when you used to buy 3D TVs back in the day when they first came out. Out and there was nothing on TV that was in 3D, just like one yeah, like, thing really. on Sky or whatever. Um, just um, but about old TVs, you were just saying, uh, the oldest British television that still works is called a Marconi phone. 
Uh, it was made in 1936, and they've got one version of it. They found one. And the great thing about it is it's got a volume um, up and down button. It's got a kind of you can move the picture up and down, but it has no channel changing button. And that's because there was only one channel in those days, wow. which was BBC wow. One. Yeah, and so there was no need for a channel changing That's button. amazing. Guys, we're going to have to move on. We're keeping at pace with the one show as yep. it's going along. And right now, as we are talking, they're live talking about sinkholes. So we're going to move to our second fact, and that is you, Chuzinski. Yes, my fact is that the largest object ever discovered is a hole. It's a hole what? It's just a hole, a hole, no W. Um, it's yeah. a hole in space, isn't it? It is. It's called the super void, and uh, it's <laughs> it's 1.8 billion light years across, which is a size that makes absolutely no sense to any of us. So, well, I might as well so just... isn't the universe 14 billion years across? Isn't that how we know the light years. how old the yeah. universe is? Yeah, as in yeah. the distance from here to the edge of the observable universe. Oh, is that how it works? How big is it? 1.8 billion light years across. So more and than it... a tenth of the width of the universe it's large and it's to, it's sort of confounded science because it shouldn't scientifically exist so it doesn't accord with our theories of the shape of the universe and how it works oh now. and also the universe is infinite isn't it so it's not 14 billion years it's just that old we're getting really deep here <laughs> yeah and we've got half okay. an hour for me to explain the size of the universe yeah. is going to be a bit much <laughs> okay but anyway it's, it's this empty space it has uh, far fewer galaxies than it's supposed to have in it so it's not completely empty it's just much less densely packed than uh, it should be and physicists don't understand why it's missing an estimated 10,000 thousand galaxies so there are ten thousand galaxies missing if anyone knows where they are uh, right into Written. one show i guess <laughs> much like somerset in that respect and that it's so lovely there should be a lot more in it but it's still very it's still very underpopulated for how gorgeous the place is it's exactly like somerset yeah. yes are you um, saying that somerset's a hole no i'm saying it's really nice i'm sure this bit of the universe is really nice um I have a fact about sinkholes. Oh, yeah. um, yes. So sinkholes, they, they open up under the ground when uh, the ground underneath is eaten away. Sometimes it's by acidic rain or sometimes there's a, another collapse underground. Um, sinkholes, uh, there are about 32,000 in the UK. And in 2011, a woman from Florida, or basically all of Florida is sinkholes up and down. It's so prone to it. A woman in Florida called Carla Chapman fell into a sinkhole for the second time in two years. Oh. <laughs> Such bad luck. Was it the one? same sinkhole? No, different yeah. sinkholes. And she survived both times. This is the nice thing. Because oh, yeah. they're no. really dangerous, you know. Yeah. Um, I was Googling interesting holes on Earth. <laughs> and and I... he's now being added to a government list. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've discovered a really exciting one, which is uh, located in Oregon in America. Uh, it's called the Deluxe Mystery Hole. Um, <laughs> now, according to the owner and its promoter... Is the owner an advertiser? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, he sounds amazing, the owner. Um, he said that uh, it's buried beneath his backyard. It's an amazing archaeological site. It's been, explore it's been explored via psychic archaeology. Um, he's reveals wonders down there with names right. like uh, the black obsidian mirror of a higher truth and uh, the door that's never been opened. Is this actually, you just found some fiction, haven't you? <laughs> no, I'm sorry, this is a pastor. He's called Pastor Baron. What, um, what's it called again? It's called the Deluxe Mystery Hole. Yeah. Is there an economy mystery hole? <laughs> <laughs> Which is just a slightly smaller hole. <laughs> this, this guy, he runs a, uh, he, he calls himself the leader of, uh, leader of the tunnel people. Yeah. Uh, and he's the head of the Universal Church of O Fun. Have you heard that? The Church O Fun. No, but it, you know what? It sounds fun. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. So uh, that's that's to me. That was my biggest interesting the biggest hole. Hole on Earth. Find. I I have a massive sinkhole. Go on. There's mm -hmm. one on Mars. Oh really? 
really? which is 5,000 metres deep, Whoa. and it's 200 miles long. Wow. And Mars is a lot smaller than Earth, so actually it's a, it's a really big proportion of the planet. It's bigger than the Grand Canyon. But Imagine. you wouldn't fall into that, because you could definitely see it coming. So. I think true. if you were that woman in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Carla Chapman, if you're listening, yeah. do not go to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? I find this really incredible. The deepest man-made hole on Earth is only nine inches across. Huh? I love that. I think That's it's not so true. Cool. What it, about it, mines? Yeah, deeper. This is deepest, much deeper deepest. than a mine. So this is the Kola Super Deep Borehole, oh, and it was made wow. by the. So very few people know that during the Cold War there was a space race, but there was also, as importantly, some would argue, the digging race, and no. we were <laughs> competing. The US was competing with the USSR to see who could dig furthest, and the Soviet Union won, and they dug this borehole that was nine inches diameter, um, but it was over twelve kilometers deep. And if you go to it now, um, it's just like it looks like a little manhole cover. It's just a rusting metal manhole cover, wow. nine inches wide, but goes twelve kilometers deep so do not fall into that wow. you ain't getting out you'd struggle to fall into something that thin wouldn't you but if you're out speak wa- yourself James <laughs> if, you're, if you're out walking your pet weasel be careful <laughs> I actually find it totally extraordinary that speaking of that the uh, man as a species we've reached 20 billion miles beyond the earth but only 7.5 miles in, but only 12 yeah. kilometers well they're trying it. to go down now further aren't they they are but it is yeah. it is tougher to dig through earth than it is to go up yeah. there's not a lot of <laughs> molecules before, in the way yeah a lot yeah. more molecules down than there are up. <laughs> yeah. do you know how they're going to start doing it they're going to start doing it through the ocean so they're going to go to the oh, bottom yeah. of the ocean and then start going down it's but they're Mariana's only going to go down like thinner than a pencil's thickness to go down to the mantle because yeah. the crust is a lot thinner down there oh. I think. yeah oh. it makes it a bit easier that's clever that makes total sense yeah yeah did any of you guys... Sorry, go on. No, no, no. Please. Um, did any of you guys see... I mean, this is just a silly news story, but that woman in uh, Fulham a few months ago who fell into a sinkhole, but it was outside a cafe and they'd surrounded it with cafe chairs and tables <laughs> to warn people that the sinkhole was present. <laughs> and she walked in... Uh, the QI research team, a.k.a. the QI elves, are listening in to tonight's show. Yes, so uh, the idea is that they're using the One Show as inspiration for an online radio programme, uh, which you will be able to download uh, later via our Facebook page. Yeah, they sort of part of our show, and we part of theirs. So should we interrupt them, do you think? Yeah. Yes, I think uh, it's sinkhole so, is a word yeah. Has John given you any inspiration in any way? Uh, yes, he has. So you were saying that his new DVD is called Supersonic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. did you know that every time you pop a party balloon, you are going supersonic, as in you are breaking the speed of sound because the speed at which the latex retracts is faster than the speed of sound. So the bang you hear when a balloon pops is a sonic boom. That's the reason I called it supersonic. <laughs> <laughs> So here's the thing. So um, sinkholes can um, come at any time. Um, they could just arrive. Another thing that could just come any time is a kimberlite pipe. And this could happen anywhere in the world at any time. It's more likely to happen in certain places, admittedly. Uh, but it could happen in your front room. And it's just a little pipe that comes up from the middle of the ground. And it's where diamonds come from. Most of the world's diamonds come from oh, wow. these things. Wow. Uh, and theoretically, one could pop up from the ground any second. So keep an eye out, yeah. everybody. <laughs> Look at your feet at all times. <laughs> Who's putting them into the pipes? It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a very eccentric way of giving away your wealth. James was planting them there just so he could say that fact <laughs> years into the future. Yeah, No, they're like uh, magma, little holes of magma, which put off a lot, a lot of pressure, and they get the um, carbon, make it really, really tight, and turn it into diamonds, and they pop up through these pipes. I have one more really quick sinkhole fact. Okay, yeah. Which yeah. is that they're thought, the sinkholes in Yorkshire, in uh, Ripon, is it? A thought to have inspired uh, Alice in Wonderland, how she gets down to Wonderland. Oh, really? She falls into a hole by the base of a tree. It's thought that because the landscape around there is really uh, sinkholey, 
Wow. wow. And then, uh, if you remember the book, they call the fire engine and there's a rope put down <laughs> and she is helped out yeah. again. There was a cafe table and chairs around the outside <laughs> yeah. of the tree. A yeah. lady from Florida she first met. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's time for the Kestrels VT that they're about to do on the one show, which brings us then to our third fact about Kestrels, and that's my fact. And my fact this week is that in 2012, a Kestrel was arrested in Turkey on suspicion of spying. <laughs> so it was uh, amazing. What, what happened? Well, I remember reading about this, and um, it was it was in Turkey. They thought it was an Israeli spy, didn't they? Uh, and then they, I think they kept it in the in the cage for a little while, and then decided just to let it go. No? We've covered this a number of times on our show of uh, inappropriate arrests. Uh, <laughs> one being the coconut in the Maldives, which was arrested. Arrested is the wrong word, actually. It was detained, and it was held in a cell for two hours, oh, yeah. where it was where, then yeah. Because yeah. where would you put the handcuffs? Exactly. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but it was it was visited by a um, the country's leading investigator slash magician and he came in and he questioned it for two hours came back out afterwards and went no he didn't do it and they released it oh, they released the coconut back into the said, world he could have said he's a tough nut to crack yeah. <laughs> oh. I wish he had done oh that coconut's very shy <laughs> oh my god Waste, so many wasted opportunities um, Kestrels their name means little bell ringing falcon it's so sweet oh, so the yes. Latin name is, is uh, Falco Tinunculus because it makes a little key, key, key cry. That's what it sounds like. So it sounds like little bells ringing. Well, do you know where the word kestrel comes from? No. no. Um, it's, so it's very similar. So kestrel comes from the French word cresel, um, and that used to be the word for a leper's bell. So, you know, in mm. medieval times, lepers uh, used to carry bells, and at first it was so that it was be- for sort of begging purposes. But then when things like the Black Death came, then it became legal that lepers had to carry bells to sort of warn people to mm. stay away from them because it was thought that even if you looked at a leper, you could get leprosy. Mm. Um, that's a theory. Some people think that, um, that you know, might not be why they had bells but lepers bells were a thing and kestrels are named after lepers bells because they make that wow. sort of shrieking bell sound wow. rattle sound that's very cool I, um so in the vt that they were showing about mm. kestrels they were they, they were showing how uh, gliders were using their gliding their planes mm. up there and how the kestrels kind of similar to it i was looking a bit into pterodactyls uh the biggest of pterodactyls were so large that they couldn't fly Really? So what they could do, though, was go to the top of a peak or a mountain and glide off. Jump off. Do you know, sorry, just speaking of gliders, George Cayley, who was a British guy, he is like the father of aeronautics. When wow. he was practicing flying his glider, rather than put himself in it, he put his coachman in, this guy called John Appleby. And after the glider had successfully flown and John Appleby became the first person to fly in a man-made machine and landed safely, he approached his boss and said, please, Sir George, I wish to give notice. I was hired to drive and not to fly. And he quit his job. Wow. Yeah, because And then he put a small boy in a glider about 20 years later. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. I have a fact about gliders as well. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, Second World War, uh, in Colditz, the prisoners there built a glider uh, in, their, in an escape attempt, and they never got to fly it. I think the war ended before they got the chance. But they, it was an incredible thing. They built a false wall in the attic, and they were in a castle oh, yeah. with only one exit, which has three heavily guarded gates. Okay. So they think, well, we'll just fly out. It's fine. And they made it out of bedsheets, and the struts mm. inside were made of floorboards that they ripped up, and they also had to coat the bedsheets in porridge to give it starchy qualities to make it wow. stiffer. And Are you sure you're not describing the sequel to Home Alone? No, I promise, <laughs> I promise this is true. And they built it, and they were planning to, <laughs> if you like that, they were planning to build a runway on the castle roof, and then to get up speed on the glider, they were going to fill a bathtub with concrete... <laughs> and wow. run it down the runway building up speed so the glider could get up enough speed to fly and a team at Channel 4 um, in 2012 recreated it 
and it worked. But then the dummy pilot inside was decapitated. <laughs> right. <laughs> so maybe he gave his notice immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just back to Kestrels. Yeah. yeah. Um, there are five. Um, in 2012, there were five babies in America given the name Kestrel who are male, and mm. eight females who were given the word Kestrel. Uh, there are a few others in 2000, but no other year on record have there been five um, people, because I only have records of up to five people with that name, um, but no other year. So just 2012 and 2000. Wow. Yeah. Big year for the Kestrel. So it's still up for grabs whether it's a male or female name. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. I did. I did see a list called the great big list of bird names for girls, uh, <laughs> and Kestrel was very low on the list. So maybe it's maybe it's rising. <laughs> it's a, 2012 though, that was topping that list. Yeah, exactly. Um, listen, as we're as we're talking live, we are uh, watching live footage from the one show of Aviti about vans, the transit van, and that brings us to our fourth fact, our final fact of the show, and that is you. Andy Murray. Okay, my fact is that the phrase van man predates the van. (laughs) (laughs) They were just walking around going, what am I going to drive? They had no idea. Is this like when they bought those first televisions and they had no use for it? This is is the same. I'll I'll be your van man. You can book me up for whenever we have a van. (laughs) If you need a shadow graph moved, I'm available for that. So the word van used to mean uh, a covered truck or a wagon. Oh, like a caravan. Exactly, it comes from caravan. And the first use of the word van is in 1829. And Van Man, uh, a, sh- a mere 50 years later, uh, 1881, is the first use of the phrase uh, Van Man. So that's definitely before uh, vans that's were great. a thing. Yeah. yeah. And, but the phrase white, ma- white Van Man, that famous sort of social trope, uh, is only in 1997 that was invented. Really late. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I actually have to say, I've never heard the phrase Van Man. Is this a well-known thing people have been talking about behind my back? Uh, van Man, Man with Van. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's often used for... Um, Removalists yeah. and, and people with vans. Plural, right. plural is men with ven, which is fun <laughs> yeah. to say. Yeah. No, I've heard of yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've okay. seen a diagram that explains who they are. <laughs> 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 so I was on Ford's website and um, they said that there are 3.4 million vans in the UK and they travel um, a total of 63 billion miles during 2014. What? Which wow. sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? That would get them to Pluto and back. Uh, six and three quarter times but according the, to my calculations wow. but loading is ten pounds extra <laughs> <laughs> and, and you have to pay for fuel <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing which I found which is 63 billion miles is um, if you could uncoil all of the DNA within an adult's 100 trillion cells it would extend to over 63 billion miles wow, wow. Oh. just some enormous numbers that are very difficult to comprehend Imagine. there yeah. oh. That Ford website is amazing, actually. Yeah. If you have a penchant for transit vans, go to look up transit van facts. It'll take you to the Ford website. It has the most amazing list of fan facts, and about 2,000 of them. So that include uh, the fact that um, baby elephants were once transported in, uh, in transit pa- vans at Regent's Park Zoo. They needed to move some baby elephants, shove them in the back of a van. And there's a hilarious photo from 1973 where a transit van had to carry a 49-foot-long uh, fake dinosaur model from Kent up to Scotland. Oh, wow. And it's going on the motorway, and the transit van, the van is about an eighth the size of this dinosaur, which is just hanging over it. It's great. great. That's amazing. uh, There's been some big news in ice cream van uh, news. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, well, uh, I didn't realize that there was uh, any ice cream van news to be had, but there there is apparently. Um, They've had an extension on how long they're allowed to play 
their little chimes okay. when they come into towns. I think it was about four seconds before, and they've extended it to 12 seconds now. Oh. Yeah. That's, that's, that's why big. it always cut off after four seconds, because you're just getting into green sleeves or whatever it is. <laughs> and I, I've Did never you think known it was like before. a copyright thing or something? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they don't have PRS on uh, ice cream. Bars. I had no idea what the reason was. It, I just knew it cut off. Like when a, you know when a pigeon cuts off really suddenly, you think it's about to go on. I think that's the same reason. Yeah, because <laughs> legally they're not allowed to <laughs> chirp for more than. Yeah, they've they've had the time between uh, chimes on ice cream vans uh, reduced as well, haven't yep. they? Every so. two minutes now, rather than three. It's big. It's big exciting big time deal. in ice cream news. Yeah. Do you know the third most popular ice cream van tune? So I think the most popular is Green Sleeves or something. The second most popular is another pop, you know, famous old classic tune. Mm. The third most popular tune they play is the Match of the Day theme tune. Is it? Isn't that weird? Is it? I think yeah. I've heard the Teddy Bears Picnic a lot. Have you? Yeah. Is that from ice cream vans or you just play yes. that in your bedroom? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that's the only one that is, yeah. is local to me. Wow, Match of the Day. That's great. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, um, did you know that Tommy Cooper used to help his parents run their ice cream van as a oh kid? Oh, yeah, his dad used to be a... Yeah. Yeah, and they used to go to fairs at the weekends, and he, he'd be flogging ice creams. Is it is it not true, uh, just speaking about ice creams, about the Margaret Thatcher thing, that she helped Mr. Whippy in the creation? That's not true, right? Mm, it's kind of true. Is she it? did. Yeah. She was working for the company at the time, and she was a chemist working with ice cream. Wow. Um, but whether she actually did the specific... Mr. Whippy thing? Probably not. That's amazing. Calling back to gliders, there was that thing about Barbara Cartland, oh, uh, yeah. the author. She oh, wrote, she helped design a glider that got towed into the air, and that she did like a 200 kilometer trip in it. Wow. Yeah, wow. it's amazing. Yeah. Um, can I go back to transit vans? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, when Ford are testing a transit van, um, they put it through an accelerated aging process. Um, they plunge it through mud baths and salt baths, and the uh, transit vans are forced to do figures of eight for a month. For a, a month? month. Uh, <laughs> wow. Ford driver must get very oh, they swap the, Yeah, they swap the drivers. Actually. All right. Because that's putting the drivers through an accelerated aging process <laughs> as well. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I just want to say one thing about a strongman called Salt Sinker, uh, who set a world record for pulling cars with his bare hands. Uh, he carried, he pulled 12 Ford cars, including a transit van. Uh, it took him two hours, and he had to pull it just five meters. And then once he pulled it, they said, well, we won't give you the record until you turn around and pull it back the other way. And the reason was they wanted to not think that there was a slope there. Oh. And they thought if there was a little slope that way, there will be the same slope this way. Ah, I thought they just really wanted it parked back where it was originally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're about to be interrupted one more time by the host of the show. Let's just quickly go to them. And John's stand-up TV, Supersonic, is out now. And thanks to the QI Elves, the one-show special edition of the No Such Thing as a Fish podcast will be available to download later on. Yes, and there are over a thousand more facts in the latest QI book. Yeah, and we'll see you tomorrow with Andy Hamilton. Bye. Good night. <laughs> Uh, okay, they're wrapping up our show. We should wrap up ours. Okay, that's it. That's all of our facts. Thank you so much for listening. If you've heard us for the first time on the show, as we say at the top, please listen to any of our previous episodes and future ones to come. If you'd like to get in contact with us about any of the things we've said over the course of our podcast, we can be found on our Twitter accounts. I'm on at Schreiberland. James? At Eggshaped. Anna? You can email podcast at qi.com. Andy at Andrew Hunter M. Yep. And uh, you can also go to no such thing as a fish.com. That is where all of those previous episodes will be. We'll see you again next week. Have a good one. Goodbye. <laughs>